Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. So these words I pray, Father God, as we share today, as I share today, Lord, you've prepared the hearts, Father God, and Lord, I know, Lord, that you'll anoint the word as it goes forward and change lives today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Okay, open up your Bibles or your books or your phones or whatever you've got. Be patient with me because this is new today to me. I normally have a book and uh, I'm trying to go a bit techo. And I've just got to find it. Now it's gone sideways and now it's up and down. All right. I'm going to start off the sermon today with Naaman. Now the book of Kings, chapter 5. Now Naaman was a commander in the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Abram. Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel. And she served, she was made a slave to Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only our master would be able to see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure, of le- cure him of leprosy. You can read the whole story when you get home, but that's where I want to stop. A young Israel girl, Naaman went in, raided Israel, took a young Israeli girl, and I've prayed, I've had this message for two weeks before everything happened, so God knew. A young Israel girl, taken from a nation, made a slave in the house of the enemy. She spoke up and said if only he would go to city church, he'd be healed of his leprosy. She spoke up. And that's my word I've got for you today. Be the one. We don't have to do much. We've just got to speak up. You know, so often when we become Christians, we have dreams of saving thousands, running crusades, everything else. God is in the long term. God is in it. Our ways are not his ways. He sees things different to us. In fact, you'll find in the Bible books of genealogies because God started something 15 generations ago so that someone was born in a place to be effective for his kingdom in that place. That's why those books of genealogy is there. So you can see that God's got a long plan, generational plan. You hear that word very often here in this church, raising generations. It's a long-term plan, reaching nations. This is what we do in this house, in this body. But it's the little things in God that we do or we don't do that makes a huge difference. We don't know what we're doing. All we've got to do is just share the word and speak up. She wasn't a scholar of the word. She had heard of Elisha and that fact that he had a healing ministry. And she just said to the... This fella was head of the army of the enemy. And she said, if only you could get to Samaria 
and speak to the man of God, your leprosy will be healed. How many people do we speak to every day out there in the world that have mental health problems, that have physical problems, that have marriage problems? And who's speaking to them? We are. And all we have to say is, hey, if only you could get to church on Sunday, God will give you the answer. We don't have to know the Torah. We don't have to know every book or scripture or Romans robe, whatever it is. All we've got to do is speak up and do the little things and leave the big things to God. Leave the big things to God. We've got a commission. I'll tell you, we've got a church here and it's not planted by chance. In fact, my Marilyn's, I've said this many, many times here, Marilyn's grandmother, she was in an assessor years and years ago. She prayed for a church in the centre of Maruchidor. Other people would have prayed for this church to be here. Generations later, it's here. Because God's got a purpose, people, and we're part of that purpose. We've got to go out and tell the biggest and best secret that we've kept for so long. And it's only a matter of going out and just inviting people in or saying, I know a God that can solve your problems. I know a God if you invite him into your house, into your relationship. We're running a marriage seminar now. Marriages being fixed up, making, make, being made better, making a difference in the community. That's what we've got here in this house. I had a friend years ago who, when he's a Christian fella, went and seen the movie Forrest Gump. That's how long ago this was. <laughs> he didn't even go home. He came to my place and said, I am taking you and your wife and shouting you out to dinner. Did he buy us dinner? I don't think he did. Lousy thing. Took us to the movies anyway. <laughs> he said, this is the best movie I've ever seen. You've got to come. How, ex- how good would that be if we had that same expectation of people at church? Not even, I had the best meeting at church today. I had to come and tell you what God said, what God did. Get that word out and I'll pick you up next Sunday. Virtually that's what this whole message is about. You being the one. You don't have to, you really don't have to be up here. You really don't have to be able to sing. You really don't have to have the gift. In fact, there was a fellow by the name of Moses who couldn't even talk. He was told to do something and he said, I can't, I can't talk, I stutter. Mumble whatever he did. End up leading children of Israel out. We look at what we can't do. God looks at what you can do and what he's put in you. That's how God sees you. Renette said today, you know, how God sees, he's the head word, the body, let's get out and do it. And that's what we've got to do. And I want to stir you up today. I want to really encourage you to say, yeah, I can do what that little girl did and just told someone about getting to city church and see your life change when you meet Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. I want to share, there was other people throughout the Bible there was a little boy one day following his mum and 
All he had was a few bits of bread and a few pieces of fish. And he went up and he said, can these help? That's all he had. Can these help? And he gave it to Jesus. And look what happened. He took those fish and fed thousands. That little boy just wanted to help someone, wanted to feed the people. He gave Jesus what he had and see what Jesus did with it. Same as us again. We've got a mouth, we can talk, we've got a heart, we can love. All of us sitting here today want the best for the people that are around us. We know the answer, we've just got to give the answer to them. Someone said once, if you know the answer, you know the answer. And the answer is Jesus. If you know Jesus, he is the answer. Another instance in the, out of the Bible. There was a bloke called David. He's famous for Sly and Goliath and many, 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 many things. He started with bringing lunch, the lunchbox to his brothers. His father said, take the lunchbox to your brothers and give some cheese to the leaders there. The brothers didn't get the cheese, the leaders did. Take the lunch there. David said, okay. He was excited to see his brothers. He wasn't, had no, nothing in his head to say that he was going to slay, slay Goliath on that day and wear the king's armour, Nothing. All he did was take the lunch and do what his father said to do. We do not know what can happen when, until we do. We don't know what can happen until we do. It's up to us to do it, but. I look out here, you're such a, I know all of you here, and it's such a great bunch of people and quality people with quality lives. There is absolutely no reason on this earth we have an empty chair in this room. But God's not going to bring them in. You can sit at home with your plate empty, wishing for a fish to land on it as much as you like. But until you, get the, until you do, go out and put the line in the water and catch the fish. And I tell you, some people can throw that line in and catch fish all day long. Me, I can go down there all day long and not catch a fish. But one day, that fish will jump on the line. You know, Adrian Skinner's dad, he can throw a line in a bucket of water sitting in the garage and pull out a fish. <laughs> you know, that's how good he is. But, you know, we've still got to go out and get the fish to put it on our plate. God just wants us to do. It's not... We don't have to keep it a secret. Let's get out and tell people about the love of God. And I know a lot of us do. I'm not saying we don't do it, but we've got to do it more and we've got to do it better. As we go on into the message, you'll see where I'm going with this. Um, if we, and you always say that we're talking about all the time Bible people. I'm going to talk about some real people now. Well, not, not that they're not real. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes when we talk about the Bible... 
we think, oh yeah, but that was them. I'm only just a normal person. You know, I don't... I'm going to tell you about some normal people. A fella come here one day. He's a good mate of Ed Gales, pastor, Pastor Wally Odom. And he shared a message. And it was similar to this sort of message, but it was about what are you doing? What can you do? What have you got? What can you do to build a church? And he shared a testimony about a lady who met him 20 years after she'd left his church, gone to another state, just moved, ran into him when he was preaching at a convention, said, oh, Pastor Wally, I was at your church, blah, 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 year, and et cetera, et cetera. And I never forgot this because it spoke so much to me. And the lady said to her, said to him, is the lady with the fruitcake still in your church? Is she still going? Wally said, I'm at a guest speaker at a convention. I preached the best messages in that church. We had the best worship. And all she asked about was the lady that bought her a fruitcake when she first came there. Come on, people. That's all you have to do. If you can cook, take someone a fruitcake. It makes a difference in their lives because that woman then felt a part of the church and no doubt... It encouraged her to come back. She made a friend, someone who's seen her. It's not hard. I'll tell you about another lady who was a cook. She lived on a farm not far from here. Didn't have a lot of money. She knew two things, or three things actually. She knew how to talk. Talk very well. She knew how to make an Anzac biscuit like you wouldn't believe. That's about all she could cook was the Anzac biscuits, I tell you. There wasn't too much else coming out of that kitchen. And she, had a, she knew how to make a cup of tea. And that was Marilyn's mum, Dalmay Hobbs, up at Kuroi. A lady, work, a husband, bloke worked with her sons, and um, he said, my wife knows no one in town, just in passing conversation. She got in the car and drove around there, and said, would you like to come round to my place for morning tea? She said, that'd be lovely. No one's invited me to do that. So they went round, she went round for morning tea. Anzacs, every time. Nothing flasher than Anzacs, but they were good Anzacs, I tell you. And the friendship developed, and then it developed into a Bible study. And then this lady said, I've got a friend who doesn't know anyone either. She can come here. So out of that Bible study, there ended up being like 25 ladies. Anzac served every time, just a few more. <laughs> out of that Bible study, I got saved. Three churches have been established. One at Karoi, one now at Mary Valley, Kandanga, one in Bundaberg. Three churches because a lady made an Anzac biscuit, invited in someone in for a cup of tea. How big does the influence go, people? Yeah, but she, she might have known the word and everything. Yes, she did. I'll grant you that. Okay, you've got an excuse there. You don't know the word and you can't do a Bible study. Hang on, excuse stopped. There's a fellow whose head 
I don't know whether he is still, but he was head of our ACC movement by name Wayne Alcorn. He shared here one time. He's still up there, He's still one of the leaders. Wayne Alcorn here shared here one time a testimony about when he was a young fellow at the Tabernacle in Brisbane and his father was a pastor and there was about four or five of them and I think probably four, three or four of them are still leaders in our movement and they were all rat bags. In fact, they had a name throughout the thing as a rat pack, you know, the rat pack from Tabernacle, that's how bad they were. They were all pastor's kids. And there's nothing wrong with pastor's kids, is there, Annette? (laughs) But they were going off the rails. And there was a bloke by the name of Bob. Bob come to church. That's all Bob did. Bob come to church and he seen these wild boys. And he said to them one day, he went to the pastor and said, listen, I've got an old canoe at my place. Instead of these blokes going wild, I said, how about they come round to my place I'll put the proposition to them. If they fix the canoe, they can have it. So the boys went round there every Saturday afternoon and they started to fix this canoe. A bit of fibreglass, a bit of, I don't know, bondwood glue. It's Adrian Skinner's dad's field. He does everything like that. And they started to fix this canoe. I'll tell you a story about Adrian Skinner's dad in a boat. I spent weeks around there building this boat. We had a row. You remember that little rowboat your dad did? Anyway, we didn't have enough money to buy a boat, so we built a boat, him and I. Oh, dear me. The only thing we didn't, the only thing we didn't work out was how big I was and how small the boat was. <laughs> so I, I sat in the boat and it sat up like that in Maroochy River. So <laughs> we did catch a fish off the bank. But anyway, getting off that story, that was just a God thing. But Bob, this fellow named Bob, built this boat. And every week they'd come around and he'd talk with them and just accepted them and loved them. Eventually the boat got launched, they pushed it across the dam, whatever, rode it. But in that time, it took them a fair few weeks, they got refocused on God. And it goes back to Bob. Someone stepped in and said, I can help. I can't preach the word, I can't sing, I can't play guitar, but I can build a canoe. 20 years later, Wayne Alcorn went up to Harvey Bay to chair and after church, because he was a guest speaker, they had a barbecue and he walked out. Who's cooking the sausages? Bob. Come on, people. It's not hard to be influential when we just do the things of God and say, give God what we've got. Now, as everyone know, Albert Mac... McMakin, Albert McMakin, M-C-M-A-K-I-N. Does anyone know Albert? Anyone heard of Albert? Put your hand up if you have. Uh, comes, from the, comes from the Midwest of America. Albert, back in the 1930s, he was a farmer. Had a truck. Went to church every Sunday. Would take people to church every Sunday. When they were driving through town, there was a young rat bag, sorry, in the streets all the time, trying to get girlfriends, just playing up like you. I don't think it's as bad then as what it is now, but it's just uh, this kid just needed God. And every time he'd pull up and say, Hey, mate, you want to come to church? No, 
I don't want any of that. I don't need any of that. So he said, okay. So anyway, one day he got a new truck. And he pulled up alongside this young fella. The young fella said, nice truck. And he said, I'm going to church. You want to come to church this week, Albert? Albert says, yeah, I'd like to go to church this week. Uh, Albert says, no, the young fella said, only if I can drive your truck. And this is a new truck. Would you let a ratbag kid drive your truck? New truck? Probably saved up for it after the depression? He said, yep, okay, as long as I get you to church. That kid went to church once, twice, three times. Thought, what's going on here? Something's happening to me. Gave his heart to the Lord. That bloke's name, that kid's name, that ratbag's name, Billy Graham. One of the greatest and biggest evangelists the world's ever seen. Because someone took time to pull up and say, do you want to go to church? He could have been left there by the side of the road, but someone didn't preach to him, didn't judge him, said, mate, take me tractor from drive. That man's name was Billy Graham. Blew me away when I heard that story. Totally blew me away. How many people are we sharing the gospel with and the joy of the gospel and the power of the gospel? Suki shared this morning in our prayer meeting about how we're only passing through this life. We're citizens of heaven. We've got a story to tell. And I want to encourage each one of you to tell that story to your neighbours, to your families, to your friends. It doesn't, you don't have to preach to them. You don't have to judge them. You've you just got to tell them that Forest Clump is at Maroochydore. You've got to get excited. You've got to get excited about it. And say so your ticket's paid too. I picked that up. You just got to tell them that. Nehemiah two eighteen. One of my heroes of the Bible, Nehemiah, because he had a mission. He seen a wall was down, gate was down. And he got something in his heart that he wanted to build it up. Build it up. And he got a plan. And he shared that plan with kings and leaders. And he got material. And he got the crew fired up to build the wall again. I want to do that with you today. I want to fire you up to get this church built up. Not that we're broken, not that we're falling down like the wall, but I tell you what, we can do a lot better. We can do a lot better, but all we do... Oh, let me change this. All I do is make excuses. I want to really... We have got something here in a place that is unique. Pastor gets up here week after week sharing words of God and every I've never heard anyone leave this church and say that was that was a bad message. <laughs> Did nothing for me. I don't even know why I went there. Everyone that comes to this church 
says how friendly it is, says how good it is, how good the word is that's preached, how good our musicians are, how good Gav is up the back, how good our friendly we are, kids ministry. Everyone comes in here and says it was fantastic. The only problem is we're not selling tickets. We've got to get... I'm talking reality here because you are my friends and this is my heart. I want to see this church happen. We pray all the time, Lord, send revival. God's saying it starts in you. I've sent it. His name was Jesus. And that wasn't enough. I sent the Holy Spirit and I put him in you. That's what I did. I've never seen anyone turn away from... Be, leave this place without a good report because we do deliver a good service and Ed preaches a good word and we are in fellowship with the Holy Spirit here in this house. Let me tell you. And I really want to encourage every one of us to go out and blow the trumpet a bit. I don't want to brag. I didn't want you to. God wants you to. To go into the streets and the highways and byways and tell them that Jesus is Lord and he's healing and he's saving marriages and he's putting your kids back on track and mental health isn't an issue in this house. Come on. We've got a story to tell. Let's go out and tell it. This is what I want to do. You want excuses? You can have all the excuses in the world. Nehemiah and his crew, Nehemiah verse 218, when Nehemiah shared the message with them, we're going to build the wall. Let us go up and build, they said. And they strengthened their hands and they thoroughly supported the work. They had purpose. They had desire. Is this church not a purpose? Has it not changed your life? Has it not raised your family, blessed you and your family? It's very quiet here tonight. I didn't, I didn't think this message would... It's a very hard message to preach. What is our purpose for being here if it's not to go out? And the word says when they built that wall, the people got behind him and they rolled up their sleeves and they started to work and said, let's get into it. The next chapter it tells, continues on the story and it says that they set their mind to the task. Hello. What's your mind thinking about? When we leave here at City Church, do we think about the message or we just go home and think and get on with our lives and all our problems and joys, whatever? They set their mind to the task. Let's set our minds today. Let's say, I'm going to be an influencer in City Church. I'm going to bring people in. I'm going to change the destiny of this town, of this town, of my family. We've got to stop praying and start doing. I went to a ranger camp years ago and uh, it's like a scouts, Christian scouts. And we had this combined thing, leadership course, and 
there was a bloke in a tent. And we had a pastor that was in our team and we were in groups and building fires and doing stupid stuff. And there was a bloke in the tent and all he would do was sit in the tent and pray all day. You say, wow, that was so good. Wow, what a spiritual man. Read the word and pray. That's all he'd do. Well, the pastor that was with us, he was a bit older than us. We were only young fellas then. And uh, he said, listen, fellas, I won't be able to help you cut the wood today because I'm going to go and have a bit, spend a bit of time with old mate in the tent. What the pastor didn't realise that tents aren't soundproof. And old mate, he copped it. He, the pastor said to him, it's more about praying and reading the word. He said, people out there working, older people than you, get up, get out, and help. <laughs> well, I've never seen so much, never seen a bloke get out of a tent so fast in my life and start cutting wood. And, but it just needed someone to tell him. Yeah, he thought he was doing everything right, just sitting and praying and reading the word. But we've all got to help. We've all got to put our shoulder to the wheel and get this job done. Not one of us, you're all here because God planned you to be here. It's our church. Let's see it succeed. You want problems? Let me tell you about Nehemiah and building the wall. Of course they were in enemy grounds. They didn't want Nehemiah to build the wall. They spoke against him. In fact, there was a whole army there that raised up against Nehemiah. And Nehemiah and his team said, OK, we've got to do something here. So Nehemiah split the team in half. He had half of them with weapons, defending them while they worked. While they worked. Now, we're talking work. We're picking up rocks, boulders, to rebuild a wall seven to nine feet thick, five kilometres long. It was a fair old task. They picking up rocks because the enemy was attacking them to the point where they picked up a rock with one hand and they had the sword in the other hand. Come on, people. You want to make excuses? That's an excuse not to build the wall. There's no excuses. The enemies have been attacking since day one. We've got no excuses. I just want to see this church like you do. Whoever comes in here and says... Or on your way home, say, because we all, I, I do anyway, say, gee, such and such wasn't there. A few seats empty today. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, church was full today. Whichever way it was, what we should be asking is how can I contribute to filling that seat next week? How can I be the one? I want to be the one, Lord. Just to say hello, just to say, come to City Church and we'll Forest Gump Syndrome. You know, if we all had that, it's great messages, great music, air conditioned. Like, you can't go past this place on a Sunday morning. And there's a lot of people out in the world at the moment don't know what answers. Let's not keep it a secret anymore. Let's go out and tell them. And if they don't receive it, that's fine. That's on them. But what's on you is to tell them. What's on us is to feed them. What's on us is to help them just as Jesus did. And don't let, your, don't let your life, excuses of a busy life, kids, everything else, get in your way. Because Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And in closing, I just want to say, I want to be a bit Christ-like all the time. I want to be more like Christ. 
Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. Everyone's rushing. I've got to just imagine all these men rushing around, trying to get people clear, the road cleared. He spots a bloke in a tree. He says, Zacchaeus, come on down, I'm going to your place for tea. Oh, yeah, but you can't, Jesus. We've got things planned. Didn't worry Jesus because he knew the importance of Zacchaeus' salvation. There's no excuses. When Jesus takes time out for a bloke by the name of Zacchaeus, who's only short, no one liked him. Everyone was watching and few criticising. But he took time out and went to his place for tea. I want you to take time. Sometimes it's the little things we do that we don't even realise end up being the answer. 28 years ago, I'm driving along in the car, police, on night work with a policewoman. Mentioned God, salvation, because what should you do at 3 o'clock in the morning when you're driving around, nothing else to do? Didn't want a bar of it. 28 years later, she rings me and says, I'm giving my heart to the Lord. We went up the other week. Her, her two 35-year-old daughters, her granddaughter, all got baptised in water. 28 years ago. God hasn't got time. And you know what happened to me? I'd forgotten about that 28 years. I was so excited because I thought I was part of that. Are you going to be part of it? I didn't do it. I didn't lead it to the Lord, but I was part of it. There was a bloke one day in wandering in the wilderness in Jerusalem. He caught, caught a wild donkey, tied it up. He was there. A couple of blokes come up he didn't even know and said, mate, we want your donkey. He said, I've gone out and caught it and everything. You're not getting me donkey. Mate, the Lord has need of it. That was Jesus going in on Palm Sunday. He said, go and see this bloke. He's got a donkey tied up for me. <laughs> Mate, imagine someone didn't even know come up to you and said, can I go have your car? Can I take your car today? Why? Because the Lord has need of it. I've got to take some kids to church. Give it to them. Same thing with Billy Graham. Take me car. It's a new car. Look what God did with it. Take me donkey. Jesus rode that donkey in. And all the bloke did was tied it up. But if he didn't tie that donkey up and let it running, guess what would have happened? Jesus would have had to walk. So the little things we do can have big consequences down the track. Let's just pray. Father God, I just thank you for the word today. Lord, as you've challenged me with this word, Father God, I just pray, Lord, that it challenges all of us here. Lord, let's get bragging about this church. Let's get bragging about our pastor. Father God, let us get our fishing poles ready. Let us go out into the rivers, Lord. Let us throw them in, Father God, and let's see. Let's see what we can catch. For like, as fishing, we can't see the fish when we throw the water thing in there. We just do it by faith. And as we step out in faith today, Father, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that we will see great and mighty things happening, Lord, that we will be revived.
and we will see a new church, a new happening church, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor. What a great word. What a challenging word. And um, thank you, Brown. Let's give it up for Brown. Let's... Uh, you know, that really challenges me to the core. Um, we're doing some renovations, having some renovations done at our house. And uh, so there's, you know, a few tradespeople. And some of them are pretty miserable. And instead of, like, just letting that slide, which is the easiest thing to do, um, you know, I got challenged to pick up on some of that and to help bring Jesus into those people's lives. I, I've, been mis I've been without Jesus. How about you? I've been miserable. And uh, what we've got, the oil of joy, and, and everything that we do, well, I, I can only talk about myself, but what I've got with him, my goodness, you know, I've been without and I've been with, and I can gladly say being with God is <laughs> infinitely better. And uh, what about you? And, and you might be here this morning and you don't know Jesus. And I want to give you that opportunity now. So I'd like for you, just everybody here, just to bow your heads. Uh, I don't like a service to go by where we don't have an opportunity to ask Jesus Christ into our hearts. So if you're here right now, um, just pray this prayer after me and mean it in your heart. He says, if you confess me, with your mouth uh, as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised me from the dead, you shall be saved. There's not a lot to it. Seriously, it's as simple as only believe. All things are possible. Only, only means one thing, only believe. Become a believer and not a doubter. So as we pray, uh, just, just say this simple prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my heart. Amen. That's about as simple as it gets. It's not complicated. And now let's do like Brownie said, and let's take this message to the world. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net. Or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.